feel sleepy. Let's try one more time. Good evening. It's good to be back in the Lord's house. We're going to stand tonight. This is a little chorus, and I'm going to say that you should know it, yet I'm turning to a book um, because I don't have, I can't see the screen sometimes. <laughs> that's my that's my reasoning. But you know, this morning as um, Pastor Mark was closing out the service and we were talking, he was talking about worship and, and how, you know, them being in, in the temple and, and the man being healed, you know, and I just got to thinking about, especially when the, he was talking about the, the man who was blindness was, was healed, you know, and, and when the Pharisees were asking him, he said, all I can tell you is what's happened to me. And this song, you know, I thought about this, uh, starting our service with this tonight. Let's just praise the Lord. That's what we're here for. You know, so many times we get caught up in, in the, the man-made things, as he was saying. And we get in a hurry because we've, we've got a time frame. I don't think we're going to run Mark off if we don't get out of here till 7.30 tonight. Supper will hold. If the Lord lets loose and wants us to stay, we're going to do that. But let's just take a deep breath and let's take a minute and let's just praise the Lord. He'll stand with me. That's the greatest thing we can do is praise the Lord. I mean, if we praise ourselves, uh, it's just not the same because we weren't made for that. We were made to worship and praise and love and serve God. And so when we're praising the Lord, we're doing the very thing for which God created us for. So that's purpose. And, and so I pray that we will fulfill our purpose. And our purpose is centered in Christ. We know the Lord and we trust and believe in what Jesus did for us and and then we serve God and worship God. Just like this morning, I was talking about what a privilege it was to gather together this morning to worship God and to receive His Word and to pray together, fellowship together. What a privilege it is. And it's still a privilege on, a privilege on Sunday night to do just that. So I'm grateful to see each of you here tonight. I welcome you here. And uh, those of you that are watching online, we're delighted that you have joined us as well. And, and I agree. Let's just praise the Lord. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown Him Lord of all, King Jesus, He is supreme and mighty and true and living, and I'm grateful for who He is. And so I'm, I'm encouraged tonight that we have another opportunity to praise and worship the Lord Jesus, and I'm grateful that you're here with us. I just want to remind you that next Sunday morning, we're going to be observing communion. So I pray that each day this week that we will 
Remember what the Lord Jesus did for us. You know, think about his love. Think about his grace. You know, maybe, maybe read some scripture, maybe a passage of scripture in the Gospels about the Garden uh, of Gethsemane, the night before uh, Jesus was, was arrested, the night before he, uh, he went and, and was crucified ultimately on the cross for you and me. Think about his love. Uh, we're so undeserving, and he certainly didn't deserve what he endured, but even death on the cross for you and me. Think about the Lord Jesus. Where would we be without the cross? Can you imagine that thought? Well, just put it out of your mind because there is a cross called Calvary because of the love of God, and I'm grateful for that. So this week, I pray that especially, you know, that we will remember God's love and remember what Jesus did for us as we prepare uh, for the Lord's table to receive the Lord's Supper next Sunday morning, and I just want to remind you about that. And also, um, uh, please remember Friend Day as well, coming up on uh, uh, April the 10th. And I pray that we have someone in mind, perhaps even this morning, uh, that God has laid someone on our hearts. So let's, as a church family, let's unite together and uh, let's reach out and, um, and, and, let's, and let's let someone know that we care and, and that we would love to have them come and be with us on April the 10th. It's my prayer and I envision that we just have a great spirit of victory and worship and celebrating the Lord and uh, just enjoying God. And, and I pray that, uh, that we'll all do that. So let's be in prayer for Friend Day. And then, of course, our spring revival, uh, the 10th through the 13th, uh, be in prayer for Pastor Zach Shaw as he's going to be coming and preaching. And also special music, all that's said and done. God, revive us. Lord, help us to be revived in our souls. We need it. Uh, so much discouragement and so much evil and, and uh, so much depression in this world today. So much division and hate. And I pray that God would just renew and reaffirm in our hearts uh, what he has done and his grace and his love. And so let's be in prayerful revival as well. Also our kids' uh, Easter celebration, Easter egg hunt coming up on the 9th. And pray that our kids will reach out and invite their friends. It'll just be a great day of celebration as our young at heart will join us for lunch. So several things to be in prayer for in the life of our church. Also uh, just want to remind you about the Operation Christmas uh, Child items for the month. And there's information in the bulletin. And of course, uh, these items, I guess, will be changed as we have a new month. Hard to believe next Sunday will be the first Sunday in April. So, uh, so just remember that. And, and, of course, Annie Armstrong Easter offering. Also, our shut-in of the month, Mr. Frank Cole. I know Frank joins in with us a lot online. So, Frank, if you're watching, we love you. And uh, praying for all our, our shut-ins as well. And um, so let's go to the Lord in prayer tonight. And I'm looking forward to what God has for us. And I pray that we'll open our hearts and receive what the Lord has for us as we believe and trust and commit as the Lord leads. And I'm looking forward to being in Isaiah chapter 7 tonight. And I pray that God will help us and God will teach us tonight and God will change us by His grace and His power. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we come before You in Jesus' name. And Lord, we just want to pray, especially for those that are hurting. Uh, we think about Dr. Allen family and, and uh, we lift them up to You during this time. And, and Lord, I'll be privileged to uh, to share tomorrow with the family during a, a funeral service and, and graveside. And I just pray for that family as well. And, and Lord, I just thank you that there's victory in Jesus' name. Thank you for the hope, the joy of God that we can have through Christ. So we rejoice in that, Lord. And I pray you'll encourage those families that's lost loved ones. Lord, those that, that have upcoming procedures and those that are recovering from procedures. And I just pray, Father, for your mercy and grace. And we just thank you that you are faithful, Lord, that you're with us. And I pray, 
Lord, for Liberty First Baptist Church. Help us, Lord Jesus, to be a lighthouse in this community. and Help us, God, to reach outside these walls. And, and Lord, to live out our faith and to, to share Jesus with others. And I pray, Lord, that as you lead, God, I pray that we'll all reach out and, and think about a friend that we can invite to church. And God, I pray you'll use that. Uh, especially on April the 10th. And then as we start our spring revival, we pray for revival. God, move among us and help us, Lord, to love you afresh and anew. And, and God, that we'll be closer to you than we've ever been. And God, we'll give you praise and glory, Lord, for all that you do. And God, we do pray for those folks up in Pickens, Lord, that are recovering from this tornado. We lift them up to you and ask for your help and, and strength and blessing, Lord. And just pray, Father, that you'll just, just help them, Lord, as they have needs that need to be met. And I just pray, I pray for them tonight, Lord. And we also pray for, um, for, for all the things going on in this world. And, and Lord, as I think about Ukraine, I pray for your mercy and grace, Lord, on those people. And we just ask God that you would move and that God that you would work. And we know, Lord, that ultimately that you're on the throne. And Lord, I pray that you would glorify yourself and help us, Lord Jesus, to look to you and to trust you more and more, especially in these last days. May we trust you and believe in you and grow in our faith, God, to be all that you would have us to be. We ask in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. Let's stand together, fellowship together. Tell somebody Jesus is coming again. third and the last verses.
Let us pray. Heavenly Father, God, we just thank you so much for a great day of worship, Father. Thank you for the great service this morning and the spirit that was felt here this morning, Father. I thank you for Pastor Mark and, and everything that he does for us in this church, Father. I thank you for his willingness to stand on your word, Father. God, we pray that you would be with him tonight through the service. I pray that you'd be with this offertory, uh, this offertory that we're about to receive. And I pray, God, that you would use it. I pray for our shut-ins. I especially pray for Frank Cole tonight, Father. I pray that you'd be with him and help him to come back to church when uh, your will is done, Father. God, we love you and we thank you for Jesus' precious and holy name we pray. Amen. You can remain standing for the last hymn here, Satisfied with Jesus. As we think of, of this chorus in this, Is my master satisfied with me? Thank you. 
Lord Jesus Christ and what he has done for us that it's enough for you that it does satisfy you that it's enough that Jesus came and that he died for you and so we don't need to get fascinated by the things of the world or be fascinated by by things of man and um, you know not that necessarily those things are bad but they certainly can't compare to the Lord Jesus Christ and that's a that's a great reminder tonight are you satisfied with Jesus and then what a great question is he satisfied with me I pray that he's enough for you and if we're satisfied with him I know that he'll indeed be satisfied with us and you know oftentimes we worry about what others think about us and and we think about our reputation and you know maybe our social life and you know we want to be popular and want to be you know have a reputation a good reputation and and all of that and and it just sometimes we lose sleep at night if we don't you know feel like that certain people like us you know and and it, and it just bothers us and we worry about that but you know the only one that really matters is what God thinks about us it's not so much what others think about us and, and really it's what God knows about us there's nothing about us that he doesn't know and what a mighty God that we serve and and it seems to be the theme of the day to be reminded that our God is on the throne he is sovereign there's none beside him there's no one that can compare that's our God he is he is uh, in control and and that that all encourage us tonight and when we think about who he is how great he is you know the great creator and and supreme and mighty and true and living and God's never been overwhelmed he's never lost a battle I mean think about how great is our God you know and, and as we think about that uh, it ought to motivate us and and it ought to move us to desire to to, to satisfy him above anybody and above everything else because when it's all said and done you know our friend that we tried so hard to like and want us and want to like us they're not going to be standing beside us the only one is going to be you and the Savior will be standing face to face to the Savior and I pray that uh, that, that he uh, satisfies us and that we will satisfy him and so um, the best way that we can trust the Lord or the best way that we can satisfy the Lord you know the Bible tells us and I'll remind you about this in just a moment that without faith it's impossible to please God so we think about how can I you know be satisfy the Lord how, how can I do that well it's faith we must trust God we must obey the Lord take seriously the ways of God take seriously his word and uh, and let God be number one in our life and when we trust him and when we obey him even if the world's going to hell in a handbasket we we stand and say you know what everybody else may not do it but God I want to satisfy you and so we trust him we trust his promises that's what we're looking at here tonight in Isaiah chapter 7 so if you're not there yet I encourage you to turn with me to Isaiah chapter 7 and here in Isaiah chapter 7 in Isaiah's day God offered King Ahaz the, the king of Judah uh, God offered him a gift a sign guaranteeing his protection it was there for Ahaz all he had to do was believe God take God at, at his word but Ahaz thought it was better to trust in uh, another nation Assyria so instead of trusting God Ahaz chose to trust in Assyria and that was a decision and we'll see this tonight that would have devastating consequences you know, it never turns out good when we choose to handle things on our own. That's really what Ahaz did. God said, okay, I'm going to give you a sign. If you'll receive it, just receive it. And Ahaz says, uh-uh. No, I'm going to turn to this uh, nation over here, Assyria, 
because I think that they will protect us and that will be wise for us to turn and trust in them. And we think, well, how stupid is that that you know, we would turn to another nation or turn to someone else other than God? But folks, do we not do the same thing today? Instead of trusting God like we should, a lot of times we will trust in ourselves or we'll trust in the world or we'll trust in people uh, above trusting in God. And I just want to remind us tonight from the very start that it never turns out good when we handle things on our own instead of trusting God. And as a result of Ahaz turning to Assyria for help instead of turning to the Lord, the Assyrians eventually turned on Judah and decimated its land and its population. All because they did not trust the Lord. So let's focus tonight on the importance of trusting God's promises because God is sovereign. God is mighty. God is in control. And I want us to remember that. He's worthy of our trust. No one else can compare uh, to the Lord. So um, I want us to see, first of all, here in Isaiah chapter 7 uh, and verse 7, that God's plans are a source of hope for His people. Now, I'm, I'm going to go down here and, and take care of something right quick because I'm kind of stuffy, and I see that you are too. Uh, but sometimes we just need to remember that, um, that God, His ways are always best. Now, we, we, may, not, we may not understand it, um, and it may not make sense to us, uh, but it requires faith. You know, God is no, under no obligation to make sure it all makes sense to us. And that's where Ahaz was. It seemed to Ahaz, you know, that it was best to turn to someone else, to turn to another nation. But, but what we need to understand tonight is that God's plans are a source of hope for God's people. Always. His plans may not make sense. And it might be difficult. But his plans are always a source of hope for his people. So the right thing that we ought to do is trust God rather than trusting ourselves. Trust God rather than trusting the things of the world. Trust God rather than putting our trust in people. Now here's the thing. Here's the problem. Our faith is, is, is not by sight, right? We trust in the living God. And, and it's not by sight. We'll see him one day. We can't see him now. But we can see maybe another nation like Ahaz saw Assyria. We can see friends and popular, th tangible things that we can see. And so, you know, our human nature is, let's, let's trust in what we can see. But I want us to think tonight and be reminded tonight about the fact that God's plans are always a source of hope. Uh, when King Ahaz of Judah refused to join the alliance formed by the king of Aram, or also Syria, and the king of Israel, which is also referred to as Ephraim that, that we'll see in, in the scriptures, uh, when he refused to go uh, to war with Assyria, the allied kingdoms decided to go to war with Judah. And matter of fact, if you look at verse 6, notice this. Um, in his, uh, uh, let me find verse 6, chapter 7. Um, let us go up against Judah and trouble it. And let us make a gap in its wall for ourselves and set a king over them, the son of Tabal. So, uh, so they decided to turn on uh, Assyria and go to war against Assyria. The goal um, of the king of Aram and, and Israel was to trouble them, to go to war with them so that they could replace Ahaz with the king of Judah who would agree and support their uh, anti-Assyrian coalition. You see... Aram and Israel, uh, they wanted to go to war against Assyria. And they wanted Judah to join them. 
But King Ahaz is like, no, we're going we're gonna to side with the Assyrians. So uh, Israel or, or Ephraim and Aram turned on Judah. And they wanted to overthrow the king so that they could put in another king that would agree with them. Uh, and so when this news hit Judah, Ahaz and the people of Judah trembled. Uh, notice back at verse 2 um, of, of uh, chapter 7. Notice this. And it was told to the house of David, saying, Serious forces are deployed in Ephraim, or, or Israel. So his heart and the heart of his people were moved as the trees of the woods are moved by the wind. Boy, we can relate to the wind today, can't we? Man, it's been, it's been a windy several weeks, it seems like. And, and so that's compared to Ahaz and the people of Israel and, and how they were trembling and shaking like the trees of the wood moved by the, by the winds. So notice what God's word to Ahaz was through the prophet Isaiah. You know, basically, Ahaz is reminded that God's plans are a source of hope for his people. It didn't look good. You, know, you, have, you have two nations that's coming to war against you. And of course, you've made a foolish choice, not trusting a sign that the Lord was going to give, but trusting in uh, another nation instead. But notice, even in all of that, notice what verse 7 says here in, in chapter 7. Thus says the Lord God, it shall not stand. The fact that these two nations are coming against you, it shall not stand, nor shall it come to pass. So, as a result of this, God sent Isaiah to assure Ahaz that he was safe and that he could trust God's plan, despite even Ahaz not trusting the Lord. After all that Ahaz has done, this was God demonstrating his mercy and grace to Ahaz despite his disobedience and lack of trust. And it's even worse than just not trusting God. Second uh, Chronicles chapter 28, we're not going to turn there, but Second Chronicles 28 Verses 2 and uh, 4 reveal that God sent uh, Aram and Israel because King Ahaz did not do what was right in the Lord's sight. So it was kind of a, an act of judgment of God that he's sending these two nations. Um, and and, it, and, and uh, Ahaz led the people of Judah to worship idols, and uh, the idols of Baal. And they were committing murderous sacrifices. They were actually uh, killing their children, throwing their children into the fire as an act of idol worship. And even in, in all that evil and ungodly that, uh, that Ahaz had done, God showed his mercy. And God sent the prophet Isaiah to send a word of comfort that he could still trust God's plan. You know, no matter how, how we mess up, no matter uh, the fear that, that we deal with as Ahaz and the people of Judah are fearful when they heard the news about the two nations that were coming to attack them. They were fearful. No matter how fearful we are, and no matter the poor choices, and no matter how we mess up, we just need to turn to God and trust God. Keep turning to the Lord, because God's plan is a source of hope, as it was even for God's people. God had mercy on Ahaz, even though he was so ungodly. It always is good. It's always right to keep on believing. So don't give up, child of God. I just want you to know tonight, you know, it's always worth it to trust God. Trust Him with everything. Man, I just, I so enjoyed uh, the choir this morning reminding us about everything I have, I'll give to you. God is worthy of that. And you'll never regret giving everything to God, committing to God and loving God. 
And so God has a plan. And His plan is always a source of hope, as it was for the people of Judah. And as the Word of God, through the prophet of God. You know, Isaiah was a prophet. And that simply means that he was God's spokesman. God gave Isaiah a word to take to Ahaz. Even though he was involved in idol worship and evil, all that he was involved with, and he didn't trust God as he should, the prophet Isaiah came with a word of comfort. I don't know where you are tonight, but we have a word of comfort tonight, and I want you to know that God's plan is always a source of hope. Always. You can't find that hope out in the world. You can't. You can't find it in the bottle. You can't find it in drugs. You can't find it in uh, relationships. You can't find it in material things. You can't find it in so many of the stuff that we seek for and things that we search for. So You can't find it in that. But I'm telling you, you will find real comfort in the Lord. Is that not true tonight? I just praise the Lord. There's a source of hope and comfort uh, in God's plan. And may we trust His plan. Can you say tonight that you're trusting God's plan? But also, secondly... God expects His people to respond in faith. Let's look at, first of all, verses 8 through 9 and, and, and consider how God expects His people to respond in faith. Uh, notice this. For the head of Syria is Damascus, and the head of Damascus is resin. Within 65 years, Ephraim, or that's Israel, will be broken so that it will not be a people. Now remember, there was a split. The people of Judah was the southern kingdom. And then the people of Israel, they, they were the northern kingdom. And so Ephraim is Israel that we're seeing here. And, uh, and so verse 8 says that they will not even be a people. And, and by the way, the kingdom to the north of Israel, uh, they didn't have one single godly king. Now the kingdom of Judah had its share of ungodly kings, but they did have some godly kings. And so uh, here in verse 8, we're reminded that they will not even be a people. So look at verse 9. The head of Ephraim is Samaria. The head of Samaria is Remaliah's son. If you will not believe, surely you shall not be established. Well, it was just a matter of time before Aram or Syria would fall. And it's just a matter of time before uh, Israel uh, also referred to Ephraim. Uh, their time was short as the Assyrians destroyed Samaria in 722 B.C. And they carried off the northern kingdom survivors into exile, never to become an organized people again. They didn't trust God. They didn't honor God. And it didn't turn out good. And I can't tell you enough that it always... And, and, I, and I'm glad our youth are in here tonight because I want you to especially hear from your pastor tonight that it never turns out good when you don't honor God and when you don't trust God. You know, I'm, I'm sure that I could bring all, all of these adults up here, senior adults and all of us adults up here, and we could, we could share with you real-life instances where we look back on our past, and every time that we didn't honor or trust God like we should, it didn't go good and we had regret. And I'm sure even in, in your life tonight, students, that there's times if you think back, when you didn't honor God like you should, that you regretted it. But man, thank God for the times that we can trust God and take His Word seriously and trust God's plan and choose God's plan. God expects us to act and respond in faith. Now, is that always the easiest thing to do? No, well, oftentimes it's the hardest thing. And by the way, we can't do it by our own strength. 
But thank God that we have the Holy Spirit of God in our hearts. He's never going to leave us. He's never going to forsake us. And He will empower us and He will give us the strength. But we've got to trust. We've got to obey. God expects us to respond in faith. And so as a whole, the ungodly alliance between Aram, which Ahaz made instead of trusting the Lord, is going to be destroyed. So Judah had really no reason to fear the threats of, of these two nations. After all, the coalition was being used by God for His purposes. We have to understand that. God permits everything that we, that we know that's happening in the world today. Now, God could have prevented it, but God permits it. Why? Because He's on the throne, and, and He's in charge. And God will even use ungodly nations to, for His purpose. And we know, even in history, the children of Israel, we know that oftentimes they would stray from God, and they wouldn't honor God, and they would worship idols and, and, uh, and, and, and get involved in, in false gods, and, and, and they wouldn't honor God, and so they would suffer. God would use even an a ungodly nation to cause His people to suffer. But then as they would turn back to Him, God would be faithful every time. God doesn't give up on His people. God is faithful, but we've got to be faithful to Him. Oh, I appreciate that song tonight. I'm satisfied with Jesus, but is He satisfied with me? Well, that's the question. That's the all-important question. Is Jesus satisfied with me? And so, God was in control. God was using these two nations that were coming against Judah. God had His purpose, and God has, there's comfort in His plan, but God expects His people to respond by faith. God's on the throne. And I want to remind you about that. We, we find a great encouragement in our hearts tonight to know that the very God I'm preaching about, the great creator, the true and living God, He's on the throne. He knows what He's doing. He's overall. He's in control. And His plan will come to pass. You know what our part is? Not to tell God what we need and to, not to tell God what to do. Our, our part is to trust, have faith, and obey and believe. Just like the, the hymn says, have faith in God. He's on the throne. Have faith in God. He watches or His own. He cannot fail. He must prevail. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. That's what I challenge us with tonight. Of all that we can do, the only thing we can truly do that's going to make a difference is trusting God. Have faith in God. Notice again the, the warning here in, in verse 9 if you will not believe do, do you see that You know, um, the, the head of Ephraim Samaria the head of Samaria Remaliah's son but here it is a warning if you will not believe surely you shall not be established he's talking to the king Ahaz there's a warning the reality is that Ahaz sat on a throne that wasn't established by his doing. He sat on a throne that was established by the Lord. Established on his promises to David of a never-ending throne. You remember, God is faithful. He made a promise to David. And, and, and so Ahaz was on a throne that was established by God, that was established uh, on the promises to David and the people of God. And so David's sons who sat on the throne were to stand firm in the faith that David had in the Lord. Well, Ahaz didn't do that. And a lot of other 
kings before Ahaz didn't do that. And so here Ahaz, he's at a point of no return. Therefore, Isaiah says, if you don't believe or stand firm in your faith, you will not be established. Or in other words, you won't even be able to stand at all. What about you tonight? Well, I appreciate great men and women of, of the faith. You know, some have gone on to glory now. Maybe perhaps your granddad or great-granddad. You know, they, they stood on the Word of God. They, they stood on the promises of God. They didn't have a wishy-washy faith. Kind of like uh, Valerie's granddad, 98 years old, went home to glory. And, and that's a great generation that we are losing. And they just, they just loved God, and they took God at His Word. And a handshake was all they needed. You know, that's a great generation of people. They, they stood on the Word of God. I think about Miss Iris Aiken, Harold Aiken. I think about how to them, you know, it was simplified. Well, God says this, so this is how I'm going to live. Man, may we honor their memory and may we do the same because the same God that they believed in and the same God that they're in the presence with right now in glory is worthy and His plan is best and may we trust Him. If we don't, we won't be able to stand. God expects His people to believe and to have faith. We must stand firm, not in and of ourselves, not in my ability or your ability, not in things of the world, not trying to be who the world says we ought to be, but stand firm. You know, a lot of times we're more loyal to our friends than we are to God. And we're more driven by popularity and what others think. Well, what does God say? What's true? What's right? That ought to be what drives us. Lord, I believe the world may go a different direction. And I may be going against the flow. But I want to honor you and I want to do what's right. And I place my faith in you. Lord, give us a generation today that will stand firm in the faith. That, that will say, come what may, hell or high water, I'm standing on the promises of God. Because that's all that matters. Ahaz didn't do that. Now notice also, um, there's a warning in verse 9. If you will not believe, you know, it's not if, if you will uh, say many, many prayers, although that's important. It's not if, if you will recount many uh, verses of the law of God's Word, although that's important. What's the key here? Faith is the victory. If you will not believe, then you will not be able to stand. You will not be established. What about us? Listen, the only thing that's going to matter is whether we believe God, trust God or not. And if I believe in Him, if you believe in Him, then we're going to obey Him. How much of God's Word impacts our life? Are we standing firm in the faith? When God talks about immorality and adultery and, and God talks about being honest and not lying, you know those things, uh, does that matter to us? Because it don't matter to the world. The world says, that stuff's outdated. You, you just go ahead and feels good, do it, and do what you want to do. But I'm telling you, God expects His people to have faith in Him. May we stand on His Word. Because if we don't, then we will not be established and that we will fall. So how about us tonight? I think about what Jesus said. Who was it that has the rock-solid foundation? It's the one that obeys the Word of God. And their foundation is like a rock. And when the storms come, the floodwaters rise, then that house will stand. They'll be established. That's faith. But the one that builds his house on the sand, the shifting sand, it might look pretty when the sun's shining, 
but let it get overcast and let what happened on Wednesday night that, that thunderstorm and, and storms that came through Wednesday night and that tornado that devastated uh, trees and just picked them up like, like it was grass you know how powerful it is you, you let a storm like that come and let the floodwaters rise and that house will not stand if you're living your life trusting in only the world and letting the world influence you and what, what secular world says and I think about you know song I could call some artists tonight you know, we can, we can recite and sing those songs, but, but what about God's Word? Are we standing on the Word? Because when it's all said and done, the only way that we're going to stand is by faith in the Lord and believing in the Lord. That was the warning to, uh, to Ahaz. But notice verse 10. Moreover, the Lord spoke again to Ahaz, saying, Ask a sign for yourself from the Lord your God. Ask either in the depth or in the height above. Notice what Ahaz says. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, nor will I test the Lord. Then he said, Hear now, O house of David, is it a small thing for you to weary men? But will you weary my God also? You know, Isaiah sees right through it, and he just can't believe it. Isaiah says, Will you also worry my God? That you won't even do what God's telling you to do? And, and I'm amazed that God would speak again to such an ungodly king. Here we go again. God is speaking yet again. Just like we think about Jonah. Jonah didn't do what God told him to do. So he, he finds himself being swallowed by the great fish. Well, the fish spews him back onto dry land, and God gives him another chance. Aren't you thankful that we serve a God of second chances? Where would we be if that weren't the case? And so here, God shows his mercy God shows his long-suffering. And God, once again, comes to Ahaz. He says, ask a sign. Here it is, once again, ask a sign from the Lord your God. Ask the depth or the height above. But Ahaz, once again, says, I'm not going to do it. You know why he didn't do it? Because he didn't believe. That's why he didn't ask for a sign. He, he kind of sounds kind of spiritual here. I don't want to test you, Lord. But the reason he didn't want that sign is because he just simply didn't believe. God requires belief. And God requires faith. God's patience was wearing thin. However, as Ahaz represented one godly, one ungodly king after another, and, and, and I think about our nation today. Has God not been long-suffering towards our nation? I mean, the patience of God. You know, Ahaz didn't believe. He didn't want this sign. He didn't want, he wasn't interested in what God had. He was just trusting in himself. And, and so Ahaz chose Assyria over the Lord because of his unbelief. And my warning to us tonight is let's not do the same thing. Let's not choose ourselves or the world or relationships or things of this world over the Lord. You remember, God's word says without faith, it's impossible to please God. Are you pleasing God tonight? Let's please the Lord. Let's take him at his word. Let's take him seriously. Ahaz didn't do that. And so I want us to understand God expects us to re respond in faith, but also, verses 14 and 15, God is faithful to keep his promises. Notice in these verses God's now fulfilled promise. What a sign from God that, I, that Ahaz said no. Ahaz didn't want, he wasn't interested in. So notice in verse 14, this familiar verse that we hear at Christmas time. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name, what? Emmanuel. 
curds and honey he shall eat, that he may know to refuse the evil and choose the good. So, you know, just a few months ago, uh, we, we sang about Emmanuel, Emmanuel. Somebody tell me what Emmanuel means. Yes, God with us. The name of the child would be a reminder of God's presence, bringing comfort to those who trusted in God's way and God's plan, and also his destruction to those who failed to trust God. So who is it that's going to be blessed of God? Those that believed and trust God. Who was it that was going to uh, face destruction? It would be those who failed to trust God. Is that any different in 2022? No. It's the same today. If you want blessing, you want God's power in your life, then you trust Him. You'll never regret it. The best thing we can do is trust God. And so, what could have served as a sign of God's tender mercy for Ahaz? Instead, what would serve as a sign of God's indignation or God's judgment because Ahaz chose not to believe. Ahaz wasn't interested in the things of God. Are you interested in the things of God? Do you desire to want to honor God? What about us tonight? You know, Ahaz chose not to believe. And there's consequences when we fail to trust God. There's no doubt here in, in verse 14. I mean, virtually all conservative evangelical scholars affirm that verse 14 refers to the birth of who? Jesus to the Virgin Mary. No doubt about it. Isaiah's prophecy here pertains only to Jesus the Messiah based on Isaiah's other references to Emmanuel. And the entire land, you go back to verse 8, the, the reference there to, the, to the Syria, Damascus, Damascus is read within 65 days, Ephraim talking about Israel will be broken, there will not be a people. All of that belongs to Emmanuel, King Jesus. And Emmanuel would be the reason that nations plans to defeat God's people would fall that the Lord spoke of back in verse 10. You see that? Here the Lord's speaking. And God says, ask a sign. Ask the depth or the, the height above. Ahaz says, I'm not interested. I don't want it. Well, the, the sign, the entire land, belongs to Emmanuel, Jesus. And Emmanuel would be the reason that other nations would not be able to defeat God's people and God's people would fall that the Lord spoke of back in verse 10 now turn with me flip over to a uh, couple of chapters over to uh, chapter 9 I want you to see this uh, chapter 9 verses 6 and 7 I'll give you a few moments to turn there uh, if you're on your phones you know turn 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 to that Bible app and go with me to Isaiah chapter 9 uh, verses 6 and 7 Notice that you also hear this as well, you know, at Christmas time. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son, capital S, is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder. Notice this. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Emmanuel would be named Mighty God, an Everlasting Father. And you know what? His reign would never end. Based on these declarations, Emmanuel would refer to the Lord Jesus Christ and no one else. As we think about this tonight, is it worth it to have faith in the Lord? Every time. Yes, He's everlasting. He's supreme. 
He's on the throne. He keeps his promises. And he can be trusted. And it's worth it every time. So let's trust God. Let's obey the Lord. Let's not be like Ahaz. You know, God, God gave him another chance. Ask for this sign. Ahaz rejected. And so, as a result, verses 16 and 17 as we close, God brings judgment on those who don't trust Him. Now, we're not going to change this. If you choose to reject and not trust and obey the Lord, then you will face the judgment of God. You'll face the consequences. And it is true, perhaps parents, we've said this over and over, we're free to make whatever choice we want. God will let you make whatever choice. God will let you reject Him. But what we're not free to do is choose the consequences of those choices. Well, that's a lesson we need to remember. And so look with me in verses 16 and 17 as we close. For before the child shall know to refuse the evil and choose the good, the land that you dread will be forsaken by both her kings. The Lord will bring the king of Assyria upon you and your people and your father's house. Days that have not come since the day that Ephraim or Israel departed from Judah. And so in, in short time, the Lord would eliminate the threats of Aram or Syria. He would eliminate the threats of Israel. And uh, the Aramean kingdom of Rezin was destroyed in 732. And Tiglath-Pileser reduced the size of the northern kingdom of Israel and Israel was eventually totally destroyed in 722, just, just as God said. The Lord would also use Assyria as his instrument of judgment against Judah. There again, God would use a pagan nation to come in judgment against his people. And Isaiah compared the, the judgment uh, coming of the days when the northern kingdom of Israel, or Ephraim, separated from Judah in 928. BC. Rejecting the Lord. Here, here's, here's what I want, want us to understand in closing. Rejecting the Lord and seeking help from Assyria would be Ahaz's downfall. That was like the stupidest thing he could ever do. Now, we look back on it and we can be critical. Hindsight's always 2020, but that was his downfall. We will never fall, though, when we trust the Lord. Never. You, you think of those that fall those that have fallen. It happened because they didn't honor God. They didn't trust God. It could have been alcohol. It could have been unfaithfulness. It could have been cheating or whatever it was. But they didn't honor God. And they made their choices. And so they fell. The same with Ahaz. And the same here we, we find that they did not trust God. And Ahaz, that was his downfall. However, what is it that could be your downfall? You know, if you look back on your life, and for, for some of our students, you know, you, we, Lord willing, you've got a long, a long time ahead of you. But the choices you make today could very well be your downfall, even at an early age. You know, we can, you, you know, you could say, and I, I know, we, I know, when I was a, a, a student, I, I thought, you know, I'll, I'll get right and I'll do things when I become an adult. Well, guess what? That'll always be put on hold. You know, I graduate high school, then I'll, I'll take it seriously. You know, I'll get right with God then. Then you graduate high school, and it's like, well, when I get out of college, man, I want to sow some wild oats, and, and I, after all, I don't want to miss out on the fun and all this. And so, But the reality is, the joy of God is the greatest fun you can ever have. 
the joy of God and trusting God. And so then you're like, well, when I get married, okay, now, all right, got married and I've got kids. Now I've got to get right with God. And the thing is, you know, then it's going to be busy. I've got to provide for my family. And I'm working jobs and I'm just, I'm thinking. And so what happens is, you know, uh, the de devil will always convince us to put it off. There'll be a better time. And I just want us to know tonight that rejecting the Lord, that's the greatest downfall that we'll ever make. Are we honoring God? Are we trusting God tonight? What could be your downfall? You know, and, and here we are tonight. We might, we might say, boy, I blew it. And it might have been years ago. But God is a God of second chances. May it be nothing as, as we surrender and trust the Lord. That's our downfall. You'll never say that my downfall was trusting God. Never. That's the greatest thing we can ever do. That will always lead to God's blessing. That will lead to victory. Let's trust and honor God. If your security that you turn to, whatever it might be, like Ahaz, you remember his security was Assyrians. God says, here's a sign. He says, not interested, don't believe. I'm going to trust and turn to another nation. Maybe, maybe you've got a security that you're turning to, whatever it might be. If it's not the Lord, then you need a new security. And by the way, there's no security like God, honoring God, trusting God. The only real security that leads to joy, God's power, and God's blessing is believing and trusting the Lord. Heavenly Father, help us to trust you tonight. Lord, I pray that, God, as we hear from you, and, and Lord, as we're challenged tonight from your word, we think about the warning, Lord, that you gave the, uh, King Ahaz. Lord, that if he didn't believe, that he would not be able to stand. Maybe some of us, Lord, we, are, we have fallen. We're flat on our face tonight. Lord, we can't pick ourselves up. We've got to trust you. And it's by your strength, Lord, and only by your strength that we'll be able to stand. And God, I pray, maybe there's things in our life, Lord, that doesn't honor you. Things that, as we evaluate, maybe uh, there's things that, that we're turning to. Things that are kind of like our security. Maybe it's popularity and friends. We're turning to certain things. That's what we're turning to for security. Lord, if there's anything that we're turning to that's not you, it'll never be worth it. And you'll never bless it. But God, it's my prayer tonight that we'll turn to you. And God, that we will experience your joy. We'll experience victory. We'll experience your power and peace in our hearts and lives. And we'll be able to stand as we take you at your word, as we trust in you. God, have your way and will in our hearts tonight. May it be said, God, that we choose this day, this Sunday evening, God, that we're going to trust you. Because, God, if we don't do that, whatever it is else that we're turning to, that'll be our downfall. And I don't want any of us, Lord, to look back and say, that was my downfall. May tonight be a defining moment, God, as we take you at your word and understand that your, that your plan is always a source of comfort. Even if it doesn't make sense, we'll just keep on believing and keep trusting in you. God, I pray tonight that we'll do that in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand together? As Donna leads us, I encourage you to come tonight. Let's trust God tonight. What do we need to do tonight? Ask God. Do what He tells you to do tonight.
And I pray that's the case, that we will come to the Lord and trust God. And I, and I promise you, trust Him with everything. Don't hold anything back. God is worthy. And, and really, that's the only faith, you know, that, 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 God, that pleases God, is when we trust Him with everything. And, uh, and that'll, that'll make a difference in our life. And you'll have joy, God's power and blessing in your life. Let's, let's trust Him. Let's take Him at His word. And I pray again this week as we think about uh, next Sunday morning, as we observe the Lord's Supper, that we'll think about God's love. Think about what Jesus did for us as we remember the body and the blood of Jesus. And it's a very sacred thing. Um, it's, it's, it's so important. And, um, and I think sometimes that, that it's just good to just remember, you know, what Jesus did. Don't ever get over it. Thank God for, for what the Lord Jesus did for us. And I look forward to uh, partaking of the Lord's Supper this coming uh, Sunday morning. I pray that you have a wonderful week this week. And um, as we close, I'm going to ask David, if you would, brother, would you close us with a word of prayer? God bless.